Last week on the Let's Get Real podcast, we, we painted a picture for you on how to recognize a cult using the four mathematical operations of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. We talked about how sources like to go and add to the Word of God, subtract from the person of Jesus Christ, multiply the requirements for salvation, and divide the loyalties of its members between God and others. On this week, I want to paint that picture a little bit more vividly. My name is Rob Lundberg, and this is the Let's Get Real podcast. Thank you for listening to the Let's Get Real podcast today. My name is Rob Lundberg, and last week we did talk about how to recognize a cult, and even cultic teaching for that matter, you know, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the churches today, as well as people coming and knocking on your door and going saying, hey, we're from the Church of Jesus Christ. And they're well-dressed. They got a book. They're polite. They're nice boys or girls, for that matter, and they come. Or you you see a parent with a son or daughter. I mean, because what could be more prettier than a picture of a parent taking their children out to teach somebody about the Bible? But I want to let you know that the Bible that they have is not the Word of God. That's right. It's not the Word of God. Those folks that have the New World Translation and the Joseph Smith Translation and, and other groups that have other sources have a faulty translation, if you will. It's not even a translation. It's actually a depiction or a pseudocopy of what you and I as Christians would call the Bible. 66 books written by eyewitnesses some 40, in a span of 15, 1,600 years, three different languages, three different continents. And these writers wrote about supernatural events that were direct fulfillment to specific prophecies, and they claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. Well, I'll tell you something, folks. These cults are trying to tell you something new and something that is not in line with the Bible. So what I want to do today is I want to take the marks of the cults, take the mathematical operations that I shared with you last week, and I want to expand upon them. And hopefully I have enough time to get to division. If not, we'll pick it up next week with uh, multiplication and division. Because, folks, there's a lot here. You know, there's a lot here in the fact that, you know, when you look at stuff that's going on in the church, you've got a group of people that go and say, well, there's prophets, there's apostles today. There's no apostles today. There is no prophecy in the, in the line of any new revelation. What we have is a closed canon, C-A-N-O-N, standard of Scripture. There's nothing to be added. 
So getting right to this very first one, when you look at the whole uh, of the addition, again, the question that we raised last week, we're going to answer, does the religious group in consideration or person in consideration add to the word of God through indispensable publications that claim to give the Bible clearer meaning through present-day direct revelation from God. Well, as I just shared with you, there is no new revelation. Of course, Bill Johnson from Bethel Redding thinks there is, and other folks of his ilk do, but I'm not talking about Bill Johnson today. I'm going to deal with those folks in a later episode. But with regards to adding to the Word of God, you know, we believe the Bible is the final source of authority in God's complete revelation to mankind and that, it is, it, that its meaning is clear. You don't, like I shared with you last week, you know, you don't have to uh, decipher John 3.16, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 10.13, Romans 5.8. Uh, Romans 10:9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You don't have to try and find any hidden meaning in that. Okay? So, while most cults today will regard the Bible as the Word of God, some will say it contains the Word of God, it becomes the Word of God. Uh, by the way, if your pastor says that it becomes the Word of God when you open it and read it, you need to confront him and tell him that he's leaning in neo-orthodoxy because that's bad juju. And he needs to throw out the source he got that from because I don't think it's probably original if this pastor has believed the Bible for years. But getting back, you know, cults believe the Bible to be the Word of God and some people will go and tell you, the Mormons will go and tell you that they believe the Bible to be the Word of God so far as it's translated correctly. But you see, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're trained to teach you. And they claim that one cannot understand the Bible without their publications. For example, May 1st of 1957, the Watchtower magazine, which is that magazine that they go and they try and put in your hand when they come to your door, they say this, quote, God has not arranged for that word to speak independently or shine forth life-giving truths by itself, page 274. The Mormons, in their publications, in Pearl of Great Price, they say, we believe the Bible to be the word of God as far as it is translated correctly, on page 64. And of course, they have their main sources, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and Doctrine and Covenants. And they say that those sources are more reliable than the Bible. Just read 2 Nephi and you can find out about that. And of course, we have the Unification Church that claims its divine principle that the Bible, however, is not the truth itself. It is a textbook teaching that the truth. We must not regard the textbook as absolute in every detail. Well, who is, who is the absolute determinant of determining what is truth? And that would be the leaders of the Unification Church, a.k.a. the Moonies. And of course, you don't run into too many Christian scientists, uh, you know, but every so often you will. And of course, they had Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy, who was their founder. And they say this on page 139 of Science and Health to the Key to the Scriptures, quote, A material and mortal sense stole into the divine record 
with its own hue darkening to some extent inspired pages. Which means this, the writings of the Christian Science founder, Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy, or Mary Baker Eddy, as she's popularly known, are, are used to remove any hue or distortion that, the, that darkens the inspired pages of the Bible. You know, so they say that the Bible's inspired, but it's very, very dark, and you can't understand it unless you have a Mary Baker Eddy's help. And that's heresy. And then you have uh, the Worldwide Church of God. By the way, you see ads in social media. Like, you see this advertisement for Tomorrow's World. It used to be the world tomorrow. The worldwide church of God or Armstrongism or Anglo-Israelism, meaning the United States is, the, is Israel. Folks, that is a cult. And the folks that put out the magazines, Tomorrow's World is part of this connection of this cult. It's not Christian. And the founder of this cult was Herbert W. Armstrong. And Herbert W. Armstrong said that, quote, he found the Bible to be a coded book, which is not to be understood, quote, until our day, in his book, The Mystery of the Ages, page 7. Now, there are other folks out there that like to add to the Word of God by going and saying, I've got a revelation or God spoke to me. See, when God speaks to somebody and, it, and they tell you it's an audible voice, you need to run from that church. You need to run from that person. Or you need to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and please show me how that confirms Scripture. Because I'll tell you something. Those folks are not following what God calls them and then, of course, if you go back to Deuteronomy, 19, Deuteronomy 18, pick up your Bible and read Deuteronomy 18 and see what happens about a prophet back in the Old Testament times and what happened to them. And you can thank God for the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's go to subtraction. Subtracting from the person of Jesus Christ. Does the hallmark of, you know, does this group in question diminish or deviate from biblical Christianity in the fact of having a defective Christology? You know, when we talk about Jesus, Jesus is the hallmark of the Christian faith. He is God in human flesh, fully God, fully man, begotten, not made, as the Athanasian Creed would say. But those in there in the cults, well, they make him out to be something totally different. You know, there's a reoccurring deviation from biblical Christianity adhered to by the cults, and it is a defective Christianity. And let me also say that there's a new movement in American Christianity it's called the progressive church or progressive Christianity. Folks, they would fall right into this as well. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a, in a minute. 
some groups attempt to have a Jesus who worked his way to godhood while others give him the status of, say, being the, an angel. And the one that depicts him as being an angel was the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses claim that the Lord Jesus Christ is not God Almighty, but rather he, he is called a God, quote-unquote, because of his divine-like qualities. And that's found uh, uh, in their doctrine. But in, the, in their book, what, The Truth Shall Make You Free, it states this, being the only begotten Son of God, the firstborn, meaning created in their context, but not in the scriptural context, of every creature, the word would be a prince among all other creatures. In this office, he bore another name in heaven, which is the name Michael. So Jesus, and according to Jehovah's Witnesses, Michael the Archangel, and that is found on page 49 of The Truth Shall Make You Free. The Mormons are just as bad. You know, they have a, their placards on their little pocket, their pocket clips that says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They'll tell you that, you know, we have Jesus Christ in the name of our church. We worship Jesus. No, they don't. They do not worship the Jesus of the Bible. And they appear to announce Christian teaching that Jesus is God. But uh, there's a radical twist that is presented in the LDS church. Namely, that Jesus was both spiritually and physically begotten by the Father through sexual relations between a resurrected God, Elohim, and the Virgin Mary. Jesus supposedly worked his way to Godhood as his Father before him and as thousands will do after him. And the Articles of Faith, also known as Lorenzo Snow's Couplet, says, As man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. That's page 430, found in the Articles of Faith. And of course, the Way International, which you don't see a whole lot of them, they were in the, um, uh, on the college campuses, they were known as the campus cult, as was the um, Children of God, which was a flirty fishing uh, perverted group. But uh, the worldwide, uh, the Way International, emphatically makes known its Christology through the founders' books that Jesus Christ is not God. The Worldwide Church of God, I just mentioned them about the addition. They also stress that man may become a God. And the sect's uh, correspondence course reasons, quote, that there are only two members in the God family or the kingdom at the present time, God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. But God is increasing his family, and you can be born into it. Lesson 8, page 10. Folks, that's heresy. We will be like him because we will see him as he is, the Apostle Paul says. But we will not be a God. We will not be God. And of course, you know, when you talk, when you talk about uh, people who are word, faith, prosperity teachers like Kenneth Copeland or Creflo Dollar or others like them. You know that cows beget cows, dogs beget gods, God begot, and then they, they hesitate and they, and, and they lead the people right into going saying, a God. And they say, you are a God. You know, that's heresy. That is heresy. That is non-Christian teaching. It is not biblical. And here I stand, I will do no other on that. And of course, the Unification Church, 
also looks to a Jesus who is very less God by going and saying that Jesus being one body with God may be called second God, image of God, but he can by, be no means by God be God himself. And that's because uh, according to the Unification Church, Jesus failed in his mission by being crucified on the cross. And that's why Sun Yun Moon and Mother Moon, uh, who are now dead, now know better, um, they are the ones who were the ones to take Jesus's place. Now, I don't know who is involved in it now, even if they're about, or if there are other groups that have splintered off and carried on the teaching and, and, and bore the mantle of Father and Mother Moon in, in that group. Now, with regards to multiplying the requirements of salvation, we've talked about additioning by additioning sources. I've given you some sources from Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Unification Church, Christian Science at Worldwide Church of God. We just finished the block on subtracting from the person of Jesus Christ. Let's move now, and we'll make a good time, so we might just get this in. Multiplying the requirements for salvation. Now, I gave you last week a formula that people often misunderstand. And I didn't qualify it that way last week, but I want to do it today. Because a lot of people today will say that faith plus works equals salvation. And that is totally not biblical in the fact that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That faith is a gift. Grace is a gift that God gives us so we can take the God-given faith that has, we have been given to place in the full finished work of Jesus Christ. So it should be faith begets or faith equals salvation, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that anyone should boast, but verse 10 in Ephesians 2 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the work that God has foreordained us to do. See, when you became a Christian, you weren't saved because you, God needed your help. If, you, if God needed your help and you think that and you're, you think you're saved, chances are you might not be. And you need to go and place your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and nothing that you can do to save yourself. So when you look at Mormonism, Mormons achieve their ultimate salvation through a series of work-related actions. For a person to enter the highest degree of glory where one becomes a god, one must do the following. One, in addition to faith and repentance, be baptized, they must tithe, perform temple duties, be married in a Mormon temple, and rid their life from such things as drinking, coffee, alcoholic beverages, cigarette smoking, pornography, no adultery, fornication, or anything like that. Now, what Mormon man is not going to sneak a Coke? Or what Mormon man is really going to go and bypass a good movie instead of praying? And, and of course, there's a video out there by um, Lutheran satire, and I'm not Lutheran, but they have a great 40 second point, 40 point 35 second explanation why Mormon missionaries missed the boat. <clears throat> Jehovah's Witnesses are also taught to look to anointed brothers, meaning leaders of the organization, to gain eternal life. 
That was written in the Watchtower, the magazine, August 1st, 1981, on page 26. And they must do this because the Watchtower has removed from them Christ's role as mediator. There's no priesthood of believer in, in interpreting scripture in, in the witnesses, okay? The Watchtower also states on April 1st, 1979, that Jesus is the mediator only for anointed Christians. And the ones that are anointed Christians are the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society board members. So you can see the problem with regards to how the, the, the board or the leadership controls the people. And of course, I mentioned that uh, the Unification Church, they employ also a, a concept similar to Hindu teaching of karma. This is paying of indemnity is stressed in the divine principle and its application in stating, quote, God is constantly urging and inspiring man to pay off his debt quickly so that man can return to him. So that's karma. And there is no biblical precept about practicing karma. There's no karma in the Bible. And the reaping and sowing is very much Jewish and not Hindu in the Bible. Then you have uh, Christian science. Christian science also disparaged the atoning work of Jesus, saying that in the Science and Health of Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy, quote, Final deliverance from error whereby we rejoice in immortality, boundless freedom, and sinless sense is not reached through the path of flowers nor by pinning one's faith without works to another's vicarious effort. Now, the vicarious effort that they're attacking is Jesus' vicarious effort or his vicarious work on the cross at Calvary, that he was our substitute. They're going saying, no, 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 no. They're saying that you need to rely on the teachings of Mary Baker Eddy. Then the Worldwide Church of God, I mentioned to you how they, they're making a revival, or they're reviving themselves. They say this, they tie their redemption, such as works, as baptism, Sabbath observance on Saturday, and law keeping. Read the book of Galatians sometime and see how the law is a tutor and how you and I can't keep it. It shows our sinfulness, but the Worldwide Church of God blows this right out, blows this, and they blow themselves right out of the water. They also say that church on the church's correspondence course, it teaches that Christians are wrong to think they were born again when they accept Jesus Christ and were baptized. From that time, supposedly, they received the Holy Spirit and have been living a new life in Christ. They're saying, hey, you guys, we're wrong. And that's not true. So let's move quickly to dividing loyalty um, with regards to this. Uh, a Christian's allegiance is, is to be directed to none other than Jesus Christ himself. And the Apostle Paul instructs you and I by saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 23, that you were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. And the cults make you a spiritual slave. They'll make you a spiritual slave. And if you don't know Jesus and you fall for their trap, 
they're leading you right down a path, right off the cliff into into the hell, into hell. I'm 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 gonna I'm not gonna mince words because one, I love you. You're my audience. I want you to know the truth. And if you'd want, if you if somebody look look here, here's the thing. If somebody didn't tell you the truth, would they love you? No, absolutely not. And I don't even know you. But if you're listening to this episode today, and you listen to us week after week after week. I have gone and shared with you, but I, folks, there's all kinds of stuff happening in our world today. And if, you know, it's time to get serious about where you stand spiritually with the God who made you and who loves you and sent his son to die for you. You see, because Jehovah's Witnesses say, for example, okay, use, they use this thing called double think and it's saying one thing, but meaning it's exact opposite. The call for faith in God Watchtower Magazine cover, March 1st, 1979, is overshadowed by the true nature of the Watchtower, namely uh, placing one's faith in the Jehovah's Witnesses organization. On the Watchtower, Watchtower Magazine cover on May 15th, 1979, the Watchtower Magazine for November 15th, 1981, leaves no doubt whatsoever as to the necessity of the organization for its followers by declaring that the mission of the Jehovah's Witnesses includes, quote, the invitation to come to Jehovah's organization for salvation. They're the ones that carry the salvation. And of course, mind control cults like the Unification Church and all. But the other popular one I do want to bring in here is the, uh, the Mormons. They direct their devotion ultimately to a church which declares all other churches and denominations are apostate and corrupt in their ways. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church, claimed to have supposedly sought of God as to which all the churches was right. The reason being was because in the 1800s, 1835, when, when the LDS church actually got its starts, there was what is called the Great Awakening going on in the burned over district in upstate New York. The Mohawk River had the, the, uh, the tent revivals, uh, you had the Finneys, the Moody's, the the, uh, the Whitfields and so on, going and preaching a gospel. And yes, it was emotional, I get that. But nevertheless, you got this kid, 13 years old, going and saying, which religion is the right one? All these denominations and all these other ones. Folks, unity does not equal uniformity. You have the cardinal tenets of the Christian faith and all these denominations that are not abominations. And that is what is the label on the bottle as to whether or not they're Christian. And as far as whether or not a Christian is an, an individual is a Christian is whether or not they've placed their faith in the Jesus of the Bible. So the Mormons, Smith asserted that God the Father and God the Son or was it Angel Moronat, or Peter, James, or John? Was he 13, 14, or 15? We don't know. Was he in the grove or in his bedroom? We don't know. But supposedly appeared to him and instructed him that he must join none of them, for they were all wrong and all their creeds were an abomination, that those professors, like us, were all corrupt. And that is found in the Pearl of Great Price, Joseph Smith, history, uh, Scripture reference 1, to one uh, verse 19. So there you have it with regards to the, the 
um, the, the operations and how they have sources. And what we've gone and done, hopefully, is we've peeled open the onion a little bit more, painted the picture clearer for you. To go and say, hey, you need to stay away from the Mormons, you need to stay away from the Jehovah's Witnesses. If you are a member of the Watchtower and what you have heard has impacted you, and we've made the case and you have some, something gnawing at you, that's probably the Holy Spirit encouraging you to, to get out. If you are a Mormon and you have a burning in your bosom, maybe thinking that the burning in your bosom when you went and asked God about the Book of Mormon, uh, whether or not it was true, maybe you got a different burning of the bosom and they're go it's going and telling you, hey, that guy on, that you're listening to in that podcast is not an agent of Satan. He's, uh, he's an ambassador of Jesus Christ who loves you. I want you to email me. I mean it. And you will be kept, your identity will be kept secret with me, and I will help you get out of these cults. You can email me at roblunberg315 at gmail.com. Now, I know I've gone over a little, I'm probably going over a little 30 minutes. We, we kept it about 27, but I want to let you know that this is important stuff. If you are in a church where your pastor is not preaching the Bible, but start throwing out some of his uh, uh, latte-sipping, skinny-jeaned, new revelations, and, total, and it's totally contrary to what the church has taught for over 2,000 years, you need to get out of that church. Email me as well at roblunberg315. I'd love to talk to you about it and give you some counsel. This is the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. I want to let you know that we are going to continue this podcast audio. We are looking to do video. And I do want to let you know that if I don't go week to week in the audio in the next few weeks, it's because I'm working on a course that I will be teaching starting in January on the introduction to apologetics at Cornerstone College and Seminary. Keep us in prayer as we do that. And this is a wonderful opportunity for me. Also, you will see uh, another morphing of uh, my blog site as we're going to probably be putting on a page responding to the Mormon church. And in my resources, I'm also going to section that out a little bit more, and you'll have some information on cults as well. So until next week, as you go out, we have Columbus Day weekend this weekend. I've got a nice long weekend, praise the Lord. And we are looking forward to resting and relaxing and enjoying hopefully some good weather, but if not, we will be going and working feverishly and tenaciously to serve you and serve the Lord Jesus Christ more importantly as we go out. And as you go out this week, my encouragement to you is keep your ears open like a German shepherd looking for bad juju. And listen, if you have any questions, email me at roblunberg315 at gmail.com. Also, go to our website and click on the contact link, and you'll be able to reach me there. And also, uh, if you ever have any questions, 
you know how to find us. If you're a local friend, you know my number, you have that because of privileged communication. But nevertheless, as you go out this week and serve our Lord, folks, go out and give them heaven. And we will be back with you, Lord willing, next week. God bless.